2: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host this podcast is part of the planet
0: broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a Whitley comic book podcast. My name is Andrew Levins, and joining me through the powers of space, time, and magic, or Skype, is Siobhan Coombs.
3: Hello. How are you? (laughs) Welcome
0: (laughs) to the internet.
3: It's a terrible place to be. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, So we just had Free Comic Book Day in in Sydney, and indeed all the world. Mm -hmm, And uh, mm -hmm. Siobhan, it's, it's, it's like your... It's your Christmas, but like, no, what's like it, the bad thing about like?
3: <laughs> it's the Christmas that I have to organize and I don't get any presents. So I get to make right. sure everyone else is having fun, but I have no fun and it's very stressful. Cool. No, I had fun. Sounds I like, had fun because I got like to parenting. chat to like Tom Taylor for ages. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like parenting. It kind of is. You're all my yeah. children for one Shouts day. Shouts
0: to Tom Taylor for, for being a gentleman uh, Yeah, and a, and a good conversationalist.
3: He gave me he gave me a print um, of a Phoenix comic that he's got coming out soon, um, the cover of it by Art Adams, and he signed it to Nate, my boyfriend Nate, and it said to me, my ex Nate, Tom Taylor. I was like, Thanks, <laughs> <Excellent> Tom. <stuff.
0: laughs> um, Shout out to anybody day. who came, who came yeah. to Kings um, on Saturday. It was so good to see so many listeners come and say hey.
3: Yeah, uh, I even got I got all. a message from someone afterwards who was like, I was too scared to come and say hi but hi amazing thanks
0: uh, I got someone commenting on my photo saying thanks for giving my son a yo-yo or some shit and I was <laughs> like why didn't you say that it was you yeah, or whatever <laughs> I
3: would have given him two yo-yos classic
0: exactly Um, So what we do on this show every single week is we review all the comics that came out the week beforehand, and uh, we mentioned them earlier, we'll mention them again, every single comic that we talk about on the podcast comes to us courtesy of the good folks at King's Comics, if you ever find yourself in Sydney, come visit us, 310 Pitt Street, Sydney, or Mm kingscomics.com. We begin every episode with a little segment called First Things First, and there were a lot of number ones this week and that's what first things first is all about we review all of this new series that started and let you know which are the ones that you should be picking up or paying attention to and i have a fairly good idea that everybody listening right now may have picked up the uh the first number one we're about to talk about and that you is assume, sir. the avengers number one by uh jason aaron ed mcginnis mark morales and david curiel out through marvel this week um, not only is it the first issue of the Avengers, it's also the six hundred ninety-first issue of the Avengers. Because, the big uh, six nine
2: one.
0: They're doing both now. Um, so uh, we, let's talk about Earth's Mightiest Heroes back again. This is the new lineup of Thor, Captain Marvel, Captain America, She-Hulk, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Ghost Rider, aka Robbie Reyes, and Black Panther. It's a good team. Um, it's a good lineup. And. This is, yes, a new series, but more importantly, it's a sequel of sorts to Mm -hmm. Jason Aaron's Marvel Legacy one-shot that came out last year Um, and uh, kind of ties into the first assembly of the Avengers a million years ago. Um, And so we have mirrored versions of our Avengers team in odin and phoenix and uh someone like who has the star brand that allows them to become hulk there's a sorcerer supreme there's an iron fist there's a black panther um it's it's, it's bonkers it's bonkers but
3: it's the best team ever i love it
0: the good kind of bonkers Shimon, what do you think of this uh first issue
3: um you know i i wanted to try and reread it before we recorded but i only just read the rest of the stuff which i'm sure i didn't read everything but um I sort of didn't enjoy it that much when I was reading it, which I was like, oh, that seems wrong. I love Ed McGuinness. I love Jason Aaron. Um, but it just was like, oh, something bigger than the Celestials. Fucking whoopity do. doo
0: Yeah, there is something... So that was my like, kind of response. <laughs> I mean, it is inevitable that the, the Avengers will face like a, an, an Earth-threatening threat. Um, yes, an earth-ending threat. That is, um, but it is kind of boring when, when we when we get this immediately after one, like you know ten that we've had in the last few months. Um, but what I did enjoy, and I, I, this is like my favorite part of uh, when new Avengers or Justice League runs start, is that we get the like core members, and I feel like this has always been something that happens um, with like with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Like they mm-hmm. sit down at a big table and they decide who's going to be who's going to be on the team. Yeah. Um, we didn't quite get that in this, but we did get a version of it with, um, um, you know, the newly worthy Thor, um, the return to his own timeline, thawed out Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, he's no longer the evil, evil Hydra Cap uh, and also out of his own coma, um, uh, Tony Stark. So you have the three of them reuniting over drinks, which I I thought was very amusing. Um, I like
3: that um, Iron Man drinks with Shirley Temple. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Very
0: cute. <laughs> and of course, Thor drinks mead. Um, and then, yeah, this uh, big, enormous event um, featuring like these dead celestials um, basically brings together a group of uh, Marvel superheroes that we now know are going to form the Avengers team. Um, I, I thought this was a really, really good start. I really enjoyed this, and I, I think I'm, I'm a fan of Ed, McGu- Ed McGuinness. Um, I think he... I love his chunky faces and very expressive... Uh, facial expressions chunky muscles all that kind of gear mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's kind of what you want on a on an avengers book um mm-hmm. like you know I, I get that he's not a, he's not a style for everybody but uh on, on a book like this i think he's very suited um, on a big and, like uh,
3: superhero team book definitely i think you can't get much better
0: definitely uh, and then i'm with you on the fact that it's like a oh, great another another thing that threatens the earth as we know it um, but there was a lot of nuance in here, the way that they, they paired off different characters. Not all the team has, like, you know, uh, uh, assembled together yet. So they're no. all kind of in these little pockets around the world. Um, it's good to see Strange and Black Panther teaming up. And I mm-hmm. think that's where I'm going to get a lot of enjoyment out of this series.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I love, like, I love Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider, so I'm excited to see him on the team. Um, I liked the sort of moment of She-Hulk that we got. I, th- I Like, I'm, I'm super on board with this just concept wise and the creative team that we have. I think I just wanted it to be a little bit like more self-contained, but who cares what I want? This is what we got and it's pretty (laughs) good. And I think it'll be like a good long run.
0: This feels fairly self-contained though. I don't think it's going to spill out into other books. Do you?
3: Oh no, I guess I just meant like smaller, smaller scale. Okay,
0: sure. Sure. i get you on that. Um, did you read the, uh, Avengers free comic book day issue?
3: No, it went completely. Um, this is what I mean about it not being my Christmas.
0: Oh right, you didn't even get a little present. Um, no. Well, that that told this told a story basically of um, between uh, Odin and Loki, um, and okay. Odin pretty much tells Black Panther, "You have to do what I've never been able to and kill Loki." Uh.
3: Uh,
0: and so that's gonna be a that's gonna be a little thing tying into into this. There was also an amazing cool. little backup in the free comic book day issue of uh Tanahisi Coates and Lionel Hughes. Um, Captain America run. That's what I'm really um, excited about. Looks like it's going to feature lots of clones of Nuke, like the guy with the American flag on his face. I'm into um, it. Yep, it was really, really sick. Um, very good free Comic Book Day issue, actually, from uh, from Marvel this year. I um, also, not, not as good, but the Spider Man issue um, mm-hmm. from Nick Spencer and Ryan Oddley. Unfortunately, Nick Spencer's Actually, I enjoyed Nick Spencer's writing on that, um, but uh, but he didn't give enough opportunities for Ryan Utley to draw crazy shit, which is what Ryan Utley is great at. Um, But um, Boomerang is going to be a a roommate of uh, of Peter Parker now, and that's fun. Yeah, Shimon doesn't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I should wish I screenshotted that face you just made. (laughs) Um, So yeah, look, I, I, I I thought Avengers was a ton of fun. And, uh, uh it's Jason definitely Aaron has... going
3: to be great
0: Yep Cool um, Also coming out through Marvel this week Was uh, the first of the many uh, Some would say unnecessary uh, Hunt for Wolverine spin-offs mm-hmm. uh, This one's called Weapon Lost It's written by Charles Soule With art by Matteo Bufagni uh, Another one of my favourite names to say on this show um, Colours by Jim Charele- Lampedus. I, you know what? I think if I was taught how to say that, that could be that could be up there with my favorite names mm, to say. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hate stumbling over names. There's such a uh, a confidence that comes with saying a name like Buffagney. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was not looking forward to this series. This is the one in which, um, like, uh, Kitty Pride has asked Daredevil to help try and find uh, the body of Wolverine. Because um, there's no better detective ex- than a lawyer. Yeah, real weird, but. In this issue, he uh, enlists the help of two characters, one of whom, Charles Soule, has lots of experience writing very well, and that's Frank McGee from Mm -hmm. The Inhumans, um, Mm -hmm. and Misty Knight. And I actually really liked that that trio, and I'm I'm kind of psyched about this series now.
3: Yeah, this was really fun. I enjoyed this way more than I expected. But um, it was super enjoyable. I liked this weird team. I even thought he did a really good job of... Um, introducing the characters to people who may not have heard of them in like a fairly yep. seamless, non-annoying way. Totally, specifically Frank job.
0: McGee. Yeah, yeah. He like kind of uh, even I've been, even though I've read Frank McGee in stacks of comics, I have no idea what his power set is, and so now it's good to finally know what it is.
3: Yeah, totally. Um, Glowy eyes. Who knew?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, but not much is done outside of introducing this team to each other but mm-hmm. I think that's fine. <laughs> it, was, it was really enjoyable and uh, a, a good, you know, a, 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 an unnecessary tie-in event done well, I think. Absolutely. At least you got to learn more about these characters and make makes sense to see them having fun together as a team. I agree. Um, uh, the final, um, actually no, there's still a bunch of my Marvel books actually that I put out with number ones on them. Uh, did you read You Are Deadpool, number one?
3: Um, you know what, I just opened it before we started recording so i didn't read it but it looked like fun
0: uh so this is a pretty high yeah high concept choose your own it's not just a choose your own adventure book as i'll explain in a moment uh this is written by al ewing um with colors by um guru fx and art by salva espin um and uh this is yeah choose your own adventure book that also requires you make a dice so this should appeal to you and me a lot considering we roll a die every single episode of our podcast but um, it actually, there, there's there's a the, the page in which Deadpool meets his doom is the the flip of the page that you're meant to cut out to make the dice. So he has like this big cutout in the middle of his body. Provided you've actually you know mutilated your uh, comic like you're meant to. That's um, funny. There's, and it fully addresses the fact that no one will actually do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought this was really really fun. Um,
3: cool. It's, it seems like a really great concept. I I just knew it was going to take me like 40 minutes to read as all Choose Your Own Adventure things
0: do. Yeah, it, like, if you play this properly with a dice, I imagine it would be a lot of fun, but mm. uh, ain't nobody got time for that.
3: No way. Um,
0: but this is going to be a weekly comic for the next four weeks, I think. Um, I've tried to read it, like, and read every different option and kind of follow it along like that, but um, I think if you if you were playing by the rules, it would be a lot more fun than if you were just reading it as a comic. Right, yeah. Um, but um, Al-, Al Ewing, it's fun seeing him take on Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Um, Shimon, can you please put the other ear of your headphones in your head because I can hear myself uh, repeating back into the microphone? There you
3: go. Is that better?
0: Thank you so much. Um, So now we have uh, two little... These don't really count, but they do count, I guess. Two little collections that Marvel released this week. Um, I'm I'm sure you didn't read either of them because they were both significantly big. Um, We got one in the... uh, basically Marvel have re-released the four issues of Jonathan Hickman's and Dustin Weaver's uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., the Rebirth miniseries, um, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. many years ago they released four issues of and then just stopped. Um, and even though Dustin Weaver was like started to do art on it, Hickman never finished the scripts. They were going to do the whole thing Marvel-style and basically took them like more than five years to, to, to finish it. So mm. th- th- those final two issues are being released as a uh, maxi issue um, in about two weeks' time. And so in the lead-up to that, Marvel have released uh, all four of the issues that have already come out as one pretty handy one shot um, it's nice and thick four issues long and it's only five ninety nine US. Which is it's a is, good deal uh, it's a great comic pretty good deal it's a great comic um, although I will say that you don't really get the full story if you only pick this one up because there mm. was a six issue S.H.I.E.L.D. miniseries that came out before this by Hickman mm-hmm, and Weaver mm-hmm. uh, which you definitely need to read to enjoy this to its fullest so uh, heed my warning listeners um, mm, I but cool of marvel, marvel released released the finished product <laughs> it's, it, it's been syndicated or whatever it is what, what, what's the uh what's it um, called when, what people look at them all the time and we don't because we're un- unprofessional
3: yeah that thing
0: constellations constel, no. con- constellate it's constellations it's in the stars <laughs> it's solicited um, and that's where all the comics appear the solicitations. Solicitations. solicitations there you go thank you so much we got there Uh, The final collection that Marvel put out this week was a Star Wars book um, entitled Tag and Bink Were Here. Oh, yeah. um, Which is um, a re-release of um, four issues, a a comedy book that was put out during Dark Horse. And in fact, um, uh, they haven't altered all the references to Dark Horse within this. Oh, um, interesting. So it begins with, it's a period of great d- strife and turmoil at Dark Horse Comics. When episode <laughs> two, still months ago, eh? editors struggled to meet the demand for new Star Wars comics brought on by a ravenous and unforgiving fan base. So basically, um, writer Kevin Rubio and pencilers Lucas uh, Marignon with Rick Zombo, uh, inkers Howard M. Schum, Lucas Marignon and Ramdy Emberlin with colours by Michelle Madsen, Dan Jackson and Dan Brown. Basically, years ago, they did these... Um, Almost like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, a dead, kind of book, where mm-hmm. uh, basically two like you know unwitting buffoons in uh, w- were kind of around during all the eventful moments of uh, of the first three Star Wars movies, um, and it's I, I was like oh, I don't think I really need to read this, but I started it and I breezed through it. It was so much fun. It hasn't dated yeah. too much until the final issue when uh, uh, Silent Jay and Bob. Um, no, Jay and Silent Bob suddenly show up. No, um, no, I was I was not into that. <laughs> but before, <laughs> before before that, it was really really fun. They have it, it's like lots of great jokes about Lando being a womanizer and Boba Fett being useless, and um, it's it was just kind of fun reading a Star Wars book that didn't take itself seriously at all. It was really really goofy and silly. Um, totally, I had, I had like, a lot of fun with it.
3: I've never read um the series, but like I know of it just because it has like a really strong fan base among people who like Star Wars comics and so I I knew of its existence and kind of knew I didn't really have to read it but it's nice to hear that it still holds up
0: and rumour is that Tag and Bink are going to be in the Solo movie which suggests why they're releasing this now. Um, It has the Legends banner um, on the front of it, which um, is what all uh, Star Wars tales that are not considered canon uh, go under the banner of now. Um, so right. hopefully we get more kind of cool collections of uh, some of the older Star Wars books. Especially in this format, it's like still like a regular comic, even though it uh, it's you know well over a hundred pages, um, mm. and it was uh, $7.99 with a nice thick, um, which you'd never see on a uh, on a Marvel book, a nice thick uh, cardboard cover. Uh, so I, nice. I highly recommend this if you're a fan of Star Wars. Tag and Bink were here, um, really really funny and uh, great value from Marvel.
3: Amazing.
0: But DC also put out a large number of books this week. Um, mm. and uh, they put out the cheapest book this week provided you don't include all the free comics that we get for uh, free comic book day. Although is this kind of just them trying to make a little bit of money out of free comic book day? Because like this right. <laughs> should have been this should have been a free, book, free comic book day comic. Yeah. But instead, instead they, of made the it, they made the DC superhero cents. girls
3: book which they put out, which is a really bizarre choice.
0: Yeah, very strange So DC Nation number zero came out this week Um, Three all new stories for only 25 cents DC, I'm going to have to dock you 100 points Because this should have been free Uh, But what was inside it uh, I mostly liked And uh, it's going to be the second of two times that I get to laugh As uh, I force Siobhan to describe a Tom King Batman comic to me So go
3: (laughs) So this is, you know what I like Tom King's Joker because Tom King's yep. Joker I, I is at least like funny. Sure. So this um, short story is the Joker waiting for his invitation to um, Batman and Catwoman's wedding. So of course he's going to be invited. How can he be invited? He's the love of Batman's life. Um, and so he chooses a random man's house at a random time and chooses to wait there for the invitation. Um, and I thought that was like a funny concept. I thought that was like a cool Joker story. I thought it. I liked that. This is probably my favorite of the three stories.
0: Yeah, and that poor motherfucker just waiting for Joker to kill him, like, pleading for his life. Yeah. And then, then you know, a, an know, an invitation shows up. But it's, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, it was, it was nice and dark. You know, yeah. Joker is, is, is a horrible person, so if it didn't end like this, it'd be, it would feel weird. The um, second the guy was like, get a, uh, my
3: daughter.
0: Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed the Clayman art on, 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 on it, too. Absolutely. He draws a great, menacing, but still stylish and suave Joker. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we had a um, another peek into what's to come from Bendis' Man of Steel comic, mm-hmm. um, which I liked was, his Perry White. I couldn't work out if it was set in the past. Is it set in the past?
3: I don't think so. I think he's just going for a Silver Age vibe. I don't think it's set in the past. Right.
0: Um, can you please turn my, your volume down a little bit? I can hear myself again.
3: <laughs> Is that better?
0: I'm also worried about your ears. Yeah. Yeah. Can you still hear me though?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, everybody, um, let, let Siobhan know on Twitter at SiobhanCBG, if you're worried about her ears.
3: I am kind of worried about my ears. My hearing's quite bad.
0: Oh no. Um, so yeah, we. Got, I, I wasn't super keen on uh, on this story. I, I was actually looking forward to seeing more of the Daily Planet, but just I couldn't gauge if this was set in the past or if Bennett is going to try and make. Uh, Lois and Clark's relationship rocky which is not what I want from a Superman book I don't know what do you think?
3: Um, I don't want their relationship to be rocky but I think something is slightly missing from the Superman books that you kind of only get from the Lois and Clark slightly combative relationship Um, so I'm okay with Mm. making spashing things up a little bit and I I like how like you know I like the newsroom being kind of front and centre in Superman stories I like I like that whole team, that whole family. I thought it was cool.
0: Actually, um, quite like. Yeah, it. I, I, I'm, okay, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for just like they just make it so Lois calls Clark Smallville again. That, that
2: sounds that's, great. That's enough for me.
0: Um, <laughs> I wasn't super keen on the art by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez and Dexter Vines. It looks like a, a real step back to like boring DC house style. Um,
3: it's very, especially it's very compared to the, Superman.
0: Yeah, and we got the, the Clayman art and then the uh, Jorge Jimenez art on the Justice League um, prelude that we, that we end this uh, Zero issue with. Um, it just stood out like a sore thumb as just like not being up to scratch or interesting.
3: Just dated and poorly um, coloured.
0: So the final story is the Justice League in No Justice Prelude, which is written by Scott Snyder, James the fourth, and Joshua Williamson, um, who we know uh, from recently doing Dark Knight's Metal, Detective Comics, and The Flash, uh, I think those, those, those three have done most recently um, and yeah Jorge Jimenez on art with um, Alejandro Sanchez on colors um, this is kind of showing us all these different Justice League teams there are four of them now um, all like throughout different parts of space and time uh, fighting you know some world ending threat a la yeah. the Avengers did this week as well the, when, you, when you when you assemble a team they gotta fight something big and mysterious and magic I guess. Um, Ooh. But uh, I wasn't sure about what to expect from this run, but if it's like this, I'm super on board. This is fun. This is fun.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't heaps like it. I hate I hate the stupid names that the teams have. I hate that they're called, like, Team Mystery and Team Entropy. I think that sounds lame. Um, I like
0: it because it's like the scouts named them. <laughs> or, like, the <laughs> girl guides. <That's laughs> Team fair. Wonder. Team Wisdom.
3: Look, i I I quite like all of the team setups, so I'm interested to see where it goes. But this didn't super blow me away.
0: I'm really curious about how they break up each team. Are we going to be flitting between all the teams in each issue, or will they get their own series, or what's the deal? All
3: four four teams have their own series, right?
0: Oh, you really? I think so. That's ambitious. Wow. Well, look, I thought this was fun, fun especially after after I found Dark Knight's Metal completely not fun. This was a nice uh, breath of fresh air.
3: It was much more fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, So also from DC this week, we uh, because, look, they haven't put out an Action Comics special in months. Uh, No special issues of Action Comics in a long, long time. So we got Action Comics special number one. Uh, I don't know why this exists. Uh, But uh, I'll tell you what,
3: I think it was much better than Action Comics 1000. I think that these stories were better stories, more sophisticated better illustrated and did more, like, to sort of say something about the inherent character of Superman than anything in Action Comics 1000.
0: And not just the character of Superman, we also got more of Lex Luthor in this issue, who is a very important part of Action Comics. So, yes. So uh, this this felt like a much better celebration of Action Comics than 1000 did. Um, we have uh, writers Dan Juergens, um, Mark Russell from uh, Flintstones and Snugglepuss, and Max Landis, who gave us the... Um, what was it? Superman American Alien series a while ago. Plus, he's a dickhead. Um, and then uh, we had... I know, I uh, wish
3: I didn't like that comic so much.
0: Yeah. Um, well, if it's any consolation, I fucking hated his, his, his comic in this, in this issue. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. I'm <laughs> just trying to find the art credits. Uh, Will Conrad drew the Dan Juergen story. Um, and then uh, doing very comedic art in the um, Mark Russell story, we had um, art by Jill, Jill Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. by Romulo, Romulo Fiato Jr. Great team. And then uh, on Max Landis's story that I can't wait to complain about oh, so soon. Um, <laughs> we had Amazing Art by Francis Manipool. Um, just incredible art on a piece of shit story. So we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Dan Jurgens did a story that I thought was really, really cool and strong about um, Lex Luthor from the future coming back Mm -hmm, to the mm past just to destroy Superman because he fucking hates Superman. How fun is this? this, It's a story in which Lex Luthor wants to kill Superman. It's classic.
3: It's it's my perfect Superman story. Lex Luthor just being like, I fucking hate you. I'm going to eat this moon pie. It was
0: great. Uh so that was enjoyable. Um, and, of course, uh, present-day Lex Luthor helps Superman kill himself, which, uh, irony alert, and then Superman doesn't tell him who he was. Uh, I thought that, that was that was a really fun story, and it was good to see, because Dan Jurgens has done some great great issues of action comics, and I feel like he's it's dipped in quality in the last few issues, but this felt like as good as it's been in the past. Absolutely. Um, so that story was called The Last Will and Testament of Lex Luthor. Um, and I really enjoyed, like, you know, this is like, DC house style done well. It made sense for Will Conrad's art to look the way it did in this, in this issue. Absolutely. Um, and Mark Just Russell, enough stylized as well. Yep. Um, the talk Mark talk to me about story this one.
3: Mark I loved. Um, and I especially loved... I would quite like to see an ultra-political Mark Russell Lois Lane book. Because his voice for her at the sort of White House correspondence dinner style thing was great and really funny.
0: Yeah, I think he went way too schmaltzy when he, when Superman got up and or well, Clark Kent started getting up and doing a roast of Lex Luthor, um, but it kind of fit. You know, you, you just yeah. imagine it was a Superman of a bygone era doing a roast. Exactly. Um, but this short story ended. Uh, it was called Suprema Established Le- Suprema S Est Lex. I'm sure that is Latin for something important. Um, mm-hmm. But this uh, this ended with Lex uh, calling his uh, assistant and saying, "I'm running for president." So please give us a Mark Russell book. Uh, you know he, he he gave us Prez in the in the past. Let us get get him to do President Lex Luthor again. That would be so awesome. Yeah. I'd be really into. Be it. G-
3: That's a story that I don't mind them repeating again and again and yeah. again. I'm into
0: it. Totally. Um, he should be he should be president at least once in every DC timeline. Yeah. At least <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, so the final story. Uh, was probably the best-looking story in, uh, mm. in in this issue. It was called Driver's Seat, Superman and Lois Lane in Driver's Seat, written by Max Landis with, uh, by um, and by Francis Manipool. And it's a story in which, um, after like a, stopping someone from rubbing a bank with a jetpack, um, Superman hears a car crash and realises it was Lois um, whose car got crashed into, and it's the car that she learnt to drive in, and she's devastated – um, so then suddenly it's Christmas, <laughs> so I don't know why this is coming out in fucking May, um, and uh, Clark, instead of like being like, hey, Merry Christmas, he's just left a post-it note on Lois' bedside table saying, the roof, <laughs> Santa. So, you know, I don't, I don't know how easy it is for you to climb on your roof, Shimon, but that, that's, a, that's a task. <laughs> anyway, Lois seems to have no trouble and is suddenly up on the roof. Uh, and up there is Superman uh, wearing a Santa hat and his Superman suit, and he like we didn't actually see the inside of Lois's car, and oh, we kind of yeah, did. I know, but he he has he's take he's got the seat from from lois's car which has just been crashed and written off and and the the steering wheel which he's put a bow on and so he's just got he's, he's resting on top of that on a roof <laughs> and he goes merry christmas lois and then this is how i read her next line why are you like this because <laughs> that is not a good christmas present That's
3: a and then sweet the final christmas panel present
0: it's the worst nice
1: she
0: loved the car. She loved the car. And so then the fucking last panel is <laughs> Superman holding, holding the car seat with Lois sitting in it, holding the fucking wheel where it would be like,
2: yeah. you know
0: what he should have done? Bought her a new car. <laughs> That's way nicer. <laughs> no also, way. Like, you don't you're...
3: understand romance at all. I feel sorry for your wife.
0: I, look, I I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, nice to be Bianca. I've never given you your old car seat. <laughs>
3: In I fact, think, they help you okay.
0: sell, sell both cars.
3: I see this as, like, a, a natural sequel to Max Landis' American Alien run, in which we did get a slightly goofier, slightly schmaltzier, slightly, like, embarrassingly sensitive Superman, which is kind of what I sure. think Max Landis is probably like. A little bit too emotional, right. and you're like, fucking chill right. out a minute, mate. Um, but I thought there were a couple of moments in this Which I think he, he understands the character In some kind of fundamental way Like I really liked the way that he stopped the bank robber I thought that was sweet And I thought that was like
0: thoughtful. Yeah, totally A great understanding of what Superman would do Absolutely exactly. But I, I'm just like Hashtag justice for Lois Lane at Christmas this year Look, she the last panel of present. her
3: <laughs> sitting in the seat, holding out the um, wheel in front of her, wearing a helmet while he flies her around, was awful. That was a bad moment. That was a and bad like,
0: moment. Like she's flown with him in way comfortable, way more comfortable positions than this before. <laughs> I would just be like, okay, get, we can get rid of the seat. You can just carry me.
3: <laughs> also, she's got a seatbelt on. What is the seatbelt attached to? The seatbelt isn't like attached to the seat. Okay. I don't know. Um, hey,
0: turn to the. This, this, this is my conspiracy for this week. Turn to the inside cover of of this DC comic, or indeed any DC comic this week. So the, back the uh, inside one? cover, like page two. Um, yeah.
3: Oh, hey. So yes, that's a good right? point.
0: So every DC comic this week had an ad for DX Racer, which are these, I guess, gamer chairs, and you get fifteen cool percent off. Game. You get 15% off if you use the code DC Comics. Um, and so I think that uh, Max Landis was just asked to do a comic in which a chair looks cool. Yeah, I um, bet you he has chairs. DX Racer. In DX Racer or
3: some shit.
0: <laughs> That's my conspiracy. Please uh, <laughs> at me on Twitter, at LevDog, if you agree. Uh, I assume everyone does. Uh, final DC book for this week was Harley Quinn in Harley Loves Joker, written by Paul Dini with art by Brett Blevins. Um, I am ha. totally happy at this point in my life to just accept that I don't care about Harley Quinn as a character anymore. And I, like even if it is the creator, Paul Dini, writing her, I just don't care. And I'm not going to read even,
3: it. Anymore. Even when you drew it, Blevins.
0: Andrew Blevins. <laughs> did you read this?
3: Uh, you know what? I did. And? I think Paul Dini is one of the only people who's, who, who has a good voice for that relationship. Sure, I think in okay. a lot of other people's hands, it becomes really horrible and toxic. And having it be really active on Harley's part, I think it makes it work a little bit better. But this is quite boring to me. It's not really like doing anything new or interesting. It's a bit of good fun if you really love Harley Quinn and you really miss this version of the character. Go for it. But probably I
0: love me. I love Tom Taylor's take on Harley Quinn in Injustice, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I just want that version now forever.
3: Yeah, I had, like, a really long conversation with Tom where he was like, why aren't you reading Injustice? And I was like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) He was
3: like, it's really good. You'd really like it. And I was like, I know. I keep thinking that. And this is after
0: talking to you for, like, 15 minutes and he worked out that you would really like it. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) How great. (laughs) So, that's the big twos, number ones out of the way. Uh, Now we move over to Image. Um, they had a number one this week Written by one of their star writers uh, Rick Remender um, Featuring art by uh, Bengal um, What has she done in the past? I don't Bengal. know Is Bengal? she a tiger? Bengal? Bengal tiger? Kind of tiger? Maybe she is uh, But this book was called Death or Glory uh, I assume she's European Because it was very Euro art, right? It's
3: very Euro It's very gorgeous
0: uh, I yeah, loved this This was a This was a uh, a story about a um a woman whose uh, husband is dying and in order to get her a new get him a new kidney um she is going to rob um people that she knows like and and basically get the money that she needs to Also uh, it's not her husband it's him. her
3: like surrogate father. <laughs> oh whatever. It's a it's
0: a it's a male figure. Yeah. Um blame them, I blame that on Rick Remendo. <laughs> Uh, because I was too focused on a killer that's also in this book who kills people with a liquid nitrogen gun.
3: Yeah. How
0: Person. are you supposed to work out male-female relationships with a with a nitrogen gun in play?
3: And some hilarious... Um, hilarious boob panels. I just yep, thought one I got really distracted.
0: Drawn by a girl. Drawn by a book. girl, it's fine.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Drawn by a boy, it's fine.
0: <laughs> I like You like the boob panels? Um, so, Death of Glory... Um, I don't want to give too much away about the plot because I feel like a lot is revealed in this first issue that's going to kind of dictate how the rest of the series is going to go um, but um, I, I didn't think I would like it for the first half and then suddenly I really liked it as the second half continued same and um, I'm going to enjoy uh, reading the next issue too
3: absolutely same really really if you want beautiful really gorgeous like dynamic full of movement good fun stacks of action I loved it
0: yep real good fun Death or Glory mm-hmm. go check it out from Image today um, but the book I'm very also excited Bangle to talk about. Bengal is a Boy. Bengal is a Boy. Bengal is a Boy. There you go. There you make that the, the episode title. What do you reckon? Bengal is a Boy? Okay. <laughs> Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> uh, the issue I want to talk about this week is Coda. Issue yes, number please. one. Came out through Boom Studios. Written by uh, On Again, Off Again, Serious Issues favorite uh Simon spurrier uh with art by uh, a definite european artist uh matthias yes. bergara um this was a uh a double issue big thick sixty ish pages forty ish pages mm-hmm. um and it's high fantasy, which if you were a regular listener to the show know that that's fucking ringing the alarm bells in, in my head mm-hmm. um, because uh i just I'm, i i just my my back arches up as soon as uh, I see runes and goblins and shit but this was this the, so this much great. fun um and it was it was Spurrier kind of dialing back on all of the things that I've disliked about his similar kind of fantasy books lately um it, the world he, he basically it's, it's grounded there's, there's kind of like a narrative a narration a narration technique mm-hmm. where you have the main character writing uh writing a letter to his um uh his partner, that's been uh, imprisoned by evil people, um, and I thought that was a really great way of anchoring and kind of explaining the main character and give you a connection to the main character instead of throwing you into this like insane world where you're just kind of scrambling trying to figure out what's going on, which is how mm-hmm. I feel sometimes reading his number one issues. Um, but this is a, about a a man and his unicorn, and uh, it's not actually a unicorn; it's a Pentacorn. or something. Pentagon. Uh, He has five horns and uh, basically it's like a big fantasy epic full of double crossing and, uh, you know, better the devil you know kind of uh, mentality relationships.
3: It's like a post-apocalyptic fantasy book. They used to live in like crystal spires and now everyone's on the ground and they're using elf blood for magic and I loved this. I think the art is so stunning. The colours who... um... Think someone else did. The color assists are by Michael Doig, and Doig. this is such a like, sort of like really kind of acidy pastels or something. But it, it's beautiful, really, really lovely. I loved. Yep. I loved
0: this. so much. And there's a map in the back. There's a. I map. love maps. Everybody, you get a bonus point for including a map at the back. I love um, a good. This was an um, excellent first issue.
3: Absolutely, really conflicted hero with, like, some really solid heartbreak going on. I love it.
0: Yeah. This was excellent. You don't, you're, not, you're not sure who to root for the entire way you're reading through it. Um, no. But it's not like you're just watching panel after panel of, like, characters you don't like. You kind of like parts of all of them. Um, yeah, great character work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes this just, like, work, really, is, is that the characters, first and foremost, are... Relatable in their own ways in this big crazy world. Instead of having completely unrelatable characters in a crazy unrelatable world, um, there is a lot of heart to this book, um, and I really Absolutely. enjoyed it. This is very high at his best. Definitely, Coda number one through Boom Comics. Definitely check this one out. Three ninety nine gets you a big double issue um, with an excellent, good quality hard, core, um, hard uh, mm-hmm. like a hard cardboard cover. Real yeah. dope.
3: Nice package
0: um, from Valiant this week. Valiant gave us Harbinger, 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 Harbinger Harbinger Wars. I don't know. Who knows? Um, It's not not someone's last name. I don't really care too much. Harbinger (laughs) Wars. Uh, Number two. Uh, This is a prelude uh, written by Eric um, Hisera with um, Raul Allen and uh, Patricia Martin. This was the team that gave us the great Valiant series uh, Secret Weapons last year. Mm -hmm. And this issue, the prelude at least, is a a semi-sequel, I guess, to mm-hmm. Secret Weapons in which we catch up with uh, all of the, uh, the young heroes from that book and their leader, uh, Livewire. Um, and uh, as like, you know, basically like Livewire is kind of tricked by the government into meeting with them while the government tracks down the young heroes with the intention of killing them. Um, and so again, we see them have to use their powers to escape, but they've leveled up significantly since we last saw them. And it was cool seeing them work really well as a team. Um,
3: absolutely
0: so I was like hell yeah I'm super on board for this now but I don't think that the entire event is going to be like this it looks like it's going to include all of the Valiant universe and be drawn by someone besides Royal Allen Uh, because Royal Allen like he's so what's that sorry I was just going to
2: say
3: Eric Heister is writing the whole thing right
0: with Matt Kint oh
3: okay which is good yeah
0: cool but I, um, I, I I really really want more of this I just want another series of secret weapons and it yep. feels like this sets up enough for it to be its its own contained thing. But um, it looks like it's going to bring in everyone else from the Valiant universe, which I'm sure Valiant fans are very excited about. But Secret Weapons was very special, and uh, I don't know how much more Eric Heisera is doing for um, uh, Valiant. Um, so it'd be a shame if it was just this one little semi-sequel to Secret Weapons, because that was a great miniseries.
3: I, I I assume that they're doing another Secret Weapons series. I think they are. But... um.
0: Yeah,
3: like I, I, I think that this was really great. I think this is like a really great setup to an event. I think that the way that they are going to bring in the rest of the Valiant universe is really clever. I don't know, yeah, I'm into
2: definitely. it. definitely. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
3: I think yeah, this was a great, great prelude. Uh, yeah,
0: sorry. Sorry to l- focus on the tiny amount of negative that isn't even present really in the issue. It was a brilliant issue with great really art. Really great issue. Um, Role Allen's layouts are so awesome and dynamic and, and inventive. The colours. Um, and the action is just so much fun. Really mm. enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, final number one issue I read this week. Um, I'm assuming you didn't read. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, Zero's Journey. Correct. Um, came out came out through Tokyo Pop this is an all ages manga adaptation um, of like a kind of side journey based off of Tim Burton's The Night Before Christmas um, written by DJ Milky with (laughs) Ishiyama Arai Connor and Hutchison Um, and it's kind of about it's about Jack Skellington's dog Zero that ghost dog Mm -hmm. with the pumpkin on his nose um, getting lost and finding himself in Christmas Town and then they start telling him tales this was like really really simple um, I was going to say dull but I'll, I'll go with simple um, I just don't think it did enough to justify a three ninety nine cover price this felt yeah. like it should have been a free comic book day issue as well um, so yeah I can't, can't really recommend that one unless you are an absolute die hard fan of um, Nightmare Before Christmas and Desperate for New Content so those are all the number one issues this week I think uh, Siobhan agrees with me in saying that Coda is probably our pick of that as far as series, you should pick up.
3: Yeah, yep, yeah. agreed.
0: Um, so definitely, pick uh, up Coda. definitely. When when you get your comics this week, try and make sure make sure you check to see if your store still has copies of Coda uh, in stock. Um, and I assume you're already reading Avengers already. It'll get it'll get real good, I swear. Uh, yeah. So normally we would play uh, roll the three sided die um, for uh, DC, Marvel, or Image, but I don't have a die, and neither does Siobhan. We left it at the store, so I'm just going to pick. Um, we're going to review depending on who put out the most books this week. And DC put out five. So we're going to do DC first. I got five DC books ahead of me. Um, to be honest, I just chose DC because I can't wait for uh, to hear Siobhan's uh, description, um, objective description of this <laughs> first and foremost before she gives her opinions, of Batman issue number 46, written by Tom King, with art by Tony Daniel.
3: Um, okay. So in the last <laughs> issue, Booster Gold was like, I am going to do a really nice wedding present for Batman and Catwoman. I'm going to make it so that Batman's dad never died, because as a superhero who exists mostly in the time stream, I think that will have no negative um, effects at all. And obviously, the world that we awoke in was fairly like post-apocalyptic. Batman uses guns, it's Dick Grayson, Bruce is like some pampered daddy's boy who doesn't want the world to change. And apparently Catwoman is totally fucking crazy and thinks she's a real cat and is like a serial murderer. So that's cool. And we that was really this, cool. <laughs> this issue is one year later from when we left off. And everything is everything is falling to pieces and Booster Gold thinks that the way to fix that is to rescue Catwoman from Arkham and once Bruce sees her, his true love will snap him out of it and he'll want the world to go back to the way it is. Things don't go that way, friends.
0: No, I think I enjoy this as, as an Elseworlds tale. I think it's problematic when you, if 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 this is the same Booster Gold in regular continuity, because this Booster Gold is a fucking idiot. Like this Booster Gold is of big, like a l- big dummy. Yeah, normally he's like a lovable buffoon with a, with a heart of gold who does does the wrong thing before he does the right thing. This is just like a stupid decision beyond anything he's ever done before. Like, mm. which if you just want a good story out of it, I'll forgive it, whatever. I think this story is like a lot of fun, especially featuring like a savage Catwoman. Um, and uh, the final panel, which mirrors that, you know, the classic panel of, of Bruce Wayne with his dead parents at the side of him, uh, except it's an adult Bruce Wayne with his dead older um, parents with him um, I thought that was uh, like I know this is the wrong word pretty funny <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> I
3: was gonna say having a lot of fun with this like extremely grim like quite violent um, issue so,
0: so I think that is why we enjoy Tom King differently yeah because when he goes full on morbid I roll my eyes and laugh yeah and you roll now your eyes I just eyes roll and my cry. eyes <laughs> Um, What did you think of this issue? Did you enjoy it more than the last one, or is this just not an Elseworlds you're enjoying?
3: Um, Look, I definitely didn't hate it. I quite like an Elseworlds thing where you're like, ooh, I wonder what this guy's up to. I wonder what this guy's up to. And I even quite like Tony Daniels' art in this issue. He draws a great Catwoman. Amazing Um, Catwoman, yeah. And I thought it was funny, the idea of, like, Booster being responsible for the Michelle Pfeiffer era cat suit, because he sewed it and... um, Yeah, yeah. This is like it's it's not for me, but it's not the worst <laughs> shit ever. It's all right.
0: Yeah, look, it's a very very polarizing run. More and more people in our community, um, uh, in our Facebook group that is uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast, um, uh, uh, expressing their distaste to especially this this arc during the run. Mm. Uh, but I'm uh, i I'm, I'm enjoying it more and more. I love how stupid and crazy it gets.
3: Yeah, yeah. I just feel like uh, it guess- massively furthers my um, Tom King isn't great at writing women, that he like just takes Catwoman's voice away from her completely in this, and she just meows like a cat.
0: <laughs> you know, like women do. <laughs> M- exactly meow is point. one of the few words that my uh, one-year-old daughter can say. So. Oh, really?
3: Yeah. I thought she liked Maybe, bunnies, maybe he though. consulted
0: with her. Oh, no, she, now, she, said, now like, if she loves doing animal noises. And you say, Tilly, what does a cat say? And she says, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Um, I, I highly recommend teaching um every animal that says Ra because hearing like 10 animals in a row with different iterations of the sound Ra is <laughs> very entertaining. <laughs> you've got I'll tiger. Watch. You've got bear. You've got lion. You've got yes. dinosaur. Does she have on different on. ones for each? Um, for each yeah, animal? it's like it starts. she starts really boisterous, like, rah, and then gradually <laughs> it becomes, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll record it sometime. So cute. <laughs> um, so we also got from DC this week, uh, issue 31 of Deathstroke, continuing the Deathstroke versus Batman arc, written by Christopher Priest, um, with art on this one, by a fun name that I'm about to say as soon as I see it written in full, wherever it is in this issue.
3: Carlo Pagulian and Roberto Viacara,
0: And Larry, Larry Hammer on Breakdowns
3: and Jason Paz on Inks and Jeremy Cox on Colors. This is a big team.
0: Huge, huge... Uh, yeah, but it, it, you would think that that would lead to very, um, you know, up-and-down art, but it's really consistent the whole way through. It is. Um, it's this sort of is like a, super a mid-2000s fun story.
3: DC house style almost.
0: Definitely. This is a super fun story um, in which... Uh, Batman tells Deathstroke, enough's enough. The Deathstroke project's over. I'm putting, a, I'm, I'm putting an end to it. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's all being orchestrated by Alfred and um, Wintergreen, who is Deathstroke's Alfred figure, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have uh, kind of like talking at the camera narration from A. Robin, who I guess we assume is Tim or someone. I don't even know. Maybe I Jason? assume it's Jason because right. um, of then- the level of sass. Deathstroke's uh, son, too. But the thing is, everyone is sassy in a Christopher Priest comic. So,
3: Yeah, I was just thinking, like, I, uh, this has probably a similar level of, like, violence and, like, oh, it's fucked up shit to a Tom King book, but I just like Christopher Priest's voice more, so I just yep. really enjoy what he does, and I find it funny and silly as opposed to, like, personally offensive.
0: And uh, this entire arc is kind of about um, who's, who is actually Damian Wayne's father. Um, because both Batman and Talia al Ghul are saying that it's Deathstrokes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Deathstroke's like, I don't care! I don't want yeah, him! Exactly. Keep him!
0: <laughs> um, so the next issue of this is called The Seven Wanes. I don't know what that relates to, but that's exciting. Um, I this love a lot everything of fun, this about run. this. Yeah, if you ever see this like in a sale or, or whatever, like you owe it to yourself to read all of Christopher Priest's Deathstroke run. It's so much fun. It's just a run yeah definitely keep Priest at DC doing good stuff yes
3: please um, he
0: really he really just kills it with this character it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. um, from we mentioned it earlier but Injustice 2 um, issue number 25 came out this collects the digital uh, issues this is issue 25 written by Tom Taylor with art by Daniel Semper and um, inks by Juan Albaran um, and uh, this this uh, is super fun like you know alternate version of the DC universe at the moment um Rachel has uh, created his own version of Amazo who's like wiped out most of Delhi um oh, and hectic. uh the few heroes that are able to take him down uh basically have taking him out of action um all thanks to a um a supergirl that Batman doesn't know exists um and uh this one uh, saw the deaths of a few other DC heroes um and um there, Damian has a brother. Like, there's another. It's all about, like, Damien choosing between Rachel Gore or Batman, and it looks like he's going back to Batman in this issue. But his sister, sure as hell, isn't. Mm.
2: Um,
0: who is this? Super fun. Um, Damian has a sister in this. Oh. Who's like a, yeah, yeah, cool. So I guess she's like Talia's daughter from someone else. I guess I don't know. Um, but Black Adam's really great in this, like everything you like oh, there's an amazing me- moment between uh Jamie Blue Beetle um and uh, and Supergirl on the moon. Uh as uh, as writer Tom Taylor told you uh on Saturday, why aren't you reading this, Siobhan? You would love it.
3: I know I'm an idiot. I gotta get on it. It's a next lot of issue. fun. If
0: you're a DC fan, it's extremely rewarding. Yeah, and I feel like you could just pick up the next issue and like I'll I'll tell you all the things that you don't understand. But it's just so much fun just to see all these uh Characters that you don't really see interacting in the regular continuity interacting. It's great. Mm,
3: Cool.
0: Have you got any other regular DC books or can we move to Young Animal? Young Animal. Young Animal Time. Um, All right, so we got issue number three of Shade the Changing Woman by Cecil Castellucci, Marley Zarconi, Andy Parks, and Kelly Fitzpatrick this week, uh, featuring an incredible cover. Um, I mean, they always do have incredible covers um, by Becky Uh, Becky Cloonan And in this one, Shade is kind of getting rid of her humanity Mm -hmm. um, at a time that her human friends actually need her Mm. um, which is not good for them Um, and meanwhile the girl whose body she used to inhabit is now inhabiting like a kind of ambidextrous, sorry, androgynous um, young man uh, Mm -hmm. and is kind of like fucking and killing her way through all of her past friends and enemies I love it (laughs) it's so good I was not expecting like this to be the, the direction that the series would take. But um, oh boy am I on board for with it. It's so much fun and like really grisly but um, Marley Zaccone's art is so beautiful and pretty and mm-hmm. pop-arty that you like doesn't really have this, like it is slightly disturbing but in a really br- beautiful way.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. It's like the kind of violence that I like in comics. Mm. Uh, I think this is so great and I think they've developed such amazing characters and the little backup as well which is kind of set in the same with the same characters in the same universe but in a potential future is like so clever and so great and it's such a brilliant book it's definitely the best of the young animal ones I think
0: yeah absolutely I mean we said as much last year um, but the I just love the way that it kind of deconstructs madness and ha- mm-hmm. what would drive someone to madness and what makes a person mad while mm-hmm. still being like a very out of this world kind of cosmic weird comic super absolutely. great absolutely um, highly recommended. Um, Highly it's, yeah, this run, it, this run is like as good as the last one, if not better. I think. I think it's going to get to a really, really exciting point. For sure. Um, I've also very much enjoyed this next comic, the Snugglepuss. sorry, Exit Stage Left, the Puss Chronicles, issue five of six, um, written by Mark Russell, um, with uh, art by I don't know what this guy's name is, but I'll find it, um, Mike Fehan. Um, with uh, inks by Sean Parsons and Jose Marzan Jr. with colors by Paul Mounts. Um, yeah, this is the second last issue of this very great miniseries which is kind of like this, uh, you know, it's set during a time in America's past, you know, in the 50s where, where people were very afraid of the, the red menace and terrified of communism and terrified of people living differently to the norm. Um, and so Snagglepuss in this, in, this, in this world is is a gay playwright um, who uh, the government is demanding take a stand and kind of basically confess and, and, and dob in a bunch of his uh, differently living um, friends and, and people mm-hmm. in his s- society in order to get immunity himself. Um, and uh, something tragic happens to his best friend Huckleberry Hound in this issue, which uh, it, which makes uh, Snagglepuss choose a much more righteous path. And uh, I thought this issue was absolutely brilliant in every single way.
3: I'm sad I missed it. It sold out before I could get a copy, which is good news. Oh, you're
0: kidding me. That's great news. Well, I'll I'll make sure that I put your name on a post-it and slap it on this when I return it this week. Um, Thank you. Because uh, fucking hell, it was an absolute cracker of an issue. Um, Have we mentioned in the past, though, uh, how much of a bad... Like, it's not even that bad of a comic. It is just the worst um, backup matter to be paired with this very heavy kind of, like, you know, mirror of society comic that we get from Snagglepuss. There's there's this backup called Sasquatch Detective that I'm not (laughs) going to say the names of the creators because they don't deserve the shit that I'm going to give them right now because it's not their fault. But it's just... I don't hate it. It's all right. It's this goofy set-now comedy... (laughs) comic about like a big Sasquatch who is like a, a bit trying to be a detective and like no I don't hate it I don't hate it I just think it is such a mismatch to have it especially in this issue which ends so heavily and you're like oh man what's gonna like you know what a, what a bummer of an ending and then it's the Sasquatch adventures detective. of Sasquatch <laughs> Detective um, and you know she's, she's wearing uh, pink, pink sweatpants that say something goofy on her uh, I don't even know what they say but uh, they say the juice is loose.
3: <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so I, don't know. I don't they are pink though. Cyclops is pink. So you can see why yes. someone chose that to be the backup. Anyway. Uh, so those are the DC ones. Uh, so according to this logic in which we choose the um, the comic the, the people that put out the most uh, image tied actually with DC this we can put it. I've got five of their comics in front of me right now. How many are you watching I got, have Shimon? two
3: Marvel comics and Not I have two. one Image comic.
0: Right, okay, well, let's do image first. I assume okay. the one image comment you have is Sex Criminals?
3: It sure is.
0: Um, so we get to play the very, very fun game, but it's over Skype. So hopefully the uh, resolution is good enough for you to describe accurately what you get. At least this is the least subtle um, one they've done in a while. You'll be able to get what it is straight away. So uh, my favorite segment of this show, we get to do it once a month, uh, is uh, Siobhan describing in vivid detail what the XXX variant of Sex Criminals is each time it comes out. Um, and so this week um, it's by um, Elsa Charitier.
3: Oh hell who, yeah! Um,
0: who I think is an amazing cartoonist. Um, and uh, here it is for you in the camera. Oh, you can describe <laughs> what it is? Whoa! <laughs> it's we'll a, it a nice it's a vagina, in. and there's a tiny
3: a, little. Is that John?
0: It's John, I guess.
3: John hanging on hanging on to the to the clitoris, I believe, for dear mm-hmm. life. It's gorgeous. Yep. That's amazing. And, uh, look
0: at. Look, it's a, a well-shaved. It, it's a. It needs a bit more shaving, I guess, or or it was shaved that awkward a, a month mid-stage? or two ago. Mid stage, <laughs> mid stage, mid stage. Yeah, um, a brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Gorgeous, cover.
1: <laughs> incredible. I love
3: it.
0: Um, so good. Yep. Um, so that was us. that's the, that's our review of the of the sex criminals cover. Now let's review yeah. the issue. Um, Siobhan, I think this is in a much better place than it was a year ago as a series. Yeah, um, absolutely. And. Uh, you know, I guess that's what happens when uh, things start go the going the way that you kind of want it to, as opposed to mm-hmm. when they're kind of ending everything that was mm-hmm. like you know s- stable about the series. Of mm-hmm. course, it's written by Matt Fraction and Chips um, who does art as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is, an, this is one that a lot of our listeners read in trade, so I don't want to go through any of the finer plot points. But um, no, but we get some awesome in-
3: character development for John. And a whole bunch of people, we get like more cool mystery stuff for Susie. Like, this was a great issue.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent, and with incredible backup matter. Do you read all the all the letters? yes yeah, it's my it's my coverals? favorite yeah.
3: part. I read them all and laugh at all of them because I love Chip.
0: Yeah, Chip's real good. Where's the desk heads? Um, so that was the only image book you read.
3: Yeah, that was it.
0: Well. I read... Okay, I, These I can kind of review them all together because they're all at a point in the series where I don't really want to describe what happened in any of them because right. it, I'll give away parts of these. So um, I read issue number 37 of East of West by Jonathan Hickman, Nick Tragoda, and uh, Lo- Frank Martin on Colors. Um, this is Hickman's maybe best work. Uh, it's everything you liked that he's done in Avengers except on his own terms. It's this like post, you know apocalyptic war kind of thing in which the very embodiments of the, of the four horsemen of the apocalypse are kind of like raining havoc on the world which has been divided up into different territories um, and all of those leaders of each territory um have been killing each other um it's so great this issue saw like the return of someone that we thought dead who is now you know we're like yeah 30 37 issues into this so you, you're seeing like um um, people are lying themselves with other characters that you never thought they would at any point in the series which is always super fun um, uh, and uh, look I know Tom Taylor didn't say specifically about this comic but Siobhan you should be reading this because you would love it mm. yeah <laughs> um, it's H- Hickman at his most Hickman and it's fucking great um, Black Science issue number 35 by Rick Romando Matteo Scalera and Moreno Dinicio. Um this is like it's 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 well that was loud what was that uh, it, was a, it was a motorcycle inside my apartment. Motorbike. Wow, yeah. that's wild. How
3: cool. Um, that person seems real cool. You thi-
0: <laughs> it was the fonds. Um <laughs> This is a, a, a series that, like, it feels like it could have ended a few issues ago, but they're, they, they're, they're throwing... They threw a very, very cool um, device into this issue in that there are versions... This is, like, a big thing about the multiverse. And so in this, it kind of suggests that there are versions of our characters who do... Basically, like, the, the two main characters of this series are doomed to always fuck the world up. And so there is someone employed to trap them somewhere so they can stop fucking up the multiverse. Yeah, and that's what happens cool. in this. Um, cool. And so it's someone's job, and that someone actually has ties to them. Um, it was a really, really interesting... And, like, just when you think this book could have ended, like, I, I don't know what they're going to do next, but I can't, I can't see this ending anytime soon. Um, Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, issue 34. Lots of books in their 30s this week. Um, this is written and drawn by David Latham, a horrible, uh, dark um, crime series that I love dearly. Um, and this was an unbelievable issue in which you see um, a, uh, an ex-junkie character who's teamed up with another character. Um, basically, like, you know, he's always worried about turning back to drugs. Uh, and in this one, he lives out this, like, you know, he gets to be the hero um, and, a, and a hero that meets a grisly end but then it suddenly revealed that this was all imagined and he's accidentally gone back on the drugs.
3: Oh, no. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, which is even more tragic than death itself. Um, but and also, a, like, dark...
3: a way more tragic version of it was all a dream.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, but the way it's done is so just, like, just like comically dark, the way that David Laugham does it like no other. This is an excellent yeah. issue. Oh, cool. Please, more people read this series so I can talk about how great it is with you. Uh, finally, Walking Dead issue 179 uh, was uh, potentially massive for the future of this series, but who knows? I don't know. There's like <laughs> this new community of people. Uh, yeah. Michonne uh, has put her sword down, Siobhan. Oh, no. Yep. So How's she going to get it back That's up? a pretty, I don't know, Viagra. Sword nice. Viagra. Nice. Pretty funny. Pretty funny stuff. Uh, so, those are our image reviews, and now we move over to Marvel. Um, I, I actually think you may have read a Marvel book that I didn't. Did you, read, would you okay. like? Did you see Black Panther in your stack?
3: Yeah, I read Rise of the Black Panther.
0: Oh, yeah, I gave series.
3: Which is the one that is written by uh, Evan Narcisse, but with consulting by Tarahisi Coates, pencils by Javier. Pina and Edgar Salazar and inks by Javier Pina and Keith Champagne, good name colors Stefan Stéphane Petreau. Um and this is like another it's just continuing on like the history of T'Challa so we just saw him uh, open up Wakanda to the rest of the world he's shown everyone else that Wakanda exists and now he's having to interact and he's discovering all these like other children that his dad had hilarious, him meeting Storm, stuff like that um and this is like uh, it's pretty good fun it's not as good as the main black panther comic but it's pretty good i like it quite a lot i like getting a bit of history is that the final one
0: or is there one more
3: Uh, i think there's one more
0: okay um we did you both Did we both read infinity countdown this week
3: or i did or i meant to i did hang on it's somewhere in shaman's
0: house yeah. Uh, so this is written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Mike. Uh, sorry, Aaron Cooter, Mike Hawthorne, um, Terry Pilot, Geordie Belair, Mike Diodato Jr. and Frank Martin. It's an all star lineup for a pretty big event, cosmic event, which is entirely written by Jerry Duggan. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it feels pretty cohesive and fun. Um, and uh, in this one, basically they're all trying to assemble the uh, Infinity Stones, um, and uh, this dealt with Ultron having one of them and uh, a big fight between him and Adam Warlock. Um, and then uh, we have uh, the Guardians featuring Ant-Man um, trying to protect this enormous version of... Um, what's the... the Power Stone? Um, and uh, they worked out the secret to making it not as big. And the fight culminated in a big ridiculous saxophone solo by Drax. No, like, no. they win by throwing... They w- it's pretty great. They win by... They, they think they're about to die and Drax goes well I'm gonna I'm gonna die the, I, I, there's one thing I wish I did more in life and that's play so he pulls his saxophone out <laughs> and then they throw the power stone in it and then he kills everybody and, and like and saves everybody by like playing a power stone powered saxophone oh and man. that is the fucking best thing I saw all week <laughs> Aaron Cooter draws the shit out of that and it was so stupid and fun um, that's fun so yeah great issue Great. Yep. Great um, and uh, it ended in um, in uh, Silver Surfer um, asking Galactus, the Lifebringer, to help him take down Ultron.
3: Cool. Oh, that's it's cool. Fun.
0: Really fun. Great. It's a really, really fun series. So I take it the last Marvel book we're going to talk about is uh, Captain America 701. No. No.
3: What? What did you read? I read Rogan Gambit issue 5.
0: Okay, you can talk about that first.
3: That was really good. It was just really great. <laughs> it ended really nicely. It sort of concluded very sweetly. Rogan Gambit are back together and better than ever. Great. Top marks. Good Seek. job, Telly- Kelly Thompson. She can was write. Was that
0: the end of the series? Yeah. Oh, right, cool. I'll have to pick so, up like, and catch up.
3: It wasn't an amazing issue on its own, but it like tied everything together, wrapped it up in a neat bow. It was cute. I liked nice. it a lot. Yeah.
0: Sweet. So um, issue number seven hundred. 700- Captain America 701 This is uh, I guess Like the swan song For Mark Waid Before ta Coates Comes o- over um, And it's a crazy story That you would have Really enjoyed I think yeah. um, uh, With art by Leonardo Romero Who uh, previously <sighs> did uh, Kelly Thompson's Hawkeye art um, Adam
3: Hughes <sighs> Let me out
0: sing again um, JG Jones Geordie um, Belair And Paul Mounts So a pretty amazing that lineup that, And each of those Artists drew A different timeline time time period but the bulk of this issue by romero is set far into the future in a world that is like um the ideals of of steve rogers and captain america for finally you know everything's gone to plan and everyone lives in peace and harmony um and everyone is given like a version of the soldier serum super super soldier serum that, that you know lets them live longer and be stronger all that kind of thing but the uh the um one person in this world who whose body is rejecting the soldier serum is a descendant of Steve Rogers himself and um, in order to save his son um, the boy's father who is also a descendant of Steve Rogers obviously um, basically tries to uncover the secrets of the, the serum and in doing so discovers a bunch of uh, horrible truths about this future that he lives in and it was f- so great and high concept and fun the glimpses back in, in the past um, were were really really fun you have like a very um like, you know, How Great's America, um, set in World War II, kind of a few panels by Adam Hughes. And then um, this great bit where uh, um, J.G. Jones draws um, Steve Rogers going undercover as like a roadie um, for something for for, for for like, yeah, set in like the 60s. Where, awesome. And Nick Fury's like getting him to like figure out who who this band really is. Um, great. And it, and it, it uses the, the, the glimpses back in time as a device that makes sense within the actual um, plot set in the future. This is a really, really cool way for Mark Wade to say goodbye to the series and probably the best thing he's done on the series so far, um, for my taste anyway. Um, so yeah, cool. highly recommend catching up on this one. The final arc is called Promised Land. It's a really, really cool concept and idea. Um, so, so is that yeah, it? Is that stuff. Mark
3: Wade's final issue?
0: No, no, no. It's an ongoing ongoing oh, Okay. Um, I think there's at least four parts of this story before ta takes over. Okay. Maybe, maybe cool. a, few, a, few, a few at least. But oh, I, I, I love this. This was really, really cool. So those are our reviews of Marvel, Image, and DC. The last thing we do every episode is review all of the comics that came out through other publishers this week. Um, and uh, I've got a few I of them. I only have Black Mask. I'm going to start. Right. Issues. Okay, well, I've got, uh, I've got some Dark Horse books. Nice. Um, We've got the third issue of Doctor Star and the Kingdom oh. of Lost Tomorrows. I did read that. Did you read that? Yeah. Damn. Great. Written read, written by Jeff Lemire, um, with art by Max Fiamara, Dave Stewart, and Nate Piekos. What you did, you did read it?
3: Mhm. Mhm.
0: Yeah. Yep. Oh, great. It was great. Because this is uh, this is like a super bummer um Lemire story in which uh, um Doctor Star, who is like an you know an alternate version of Starman from DC, but in uh the Black Hammer continuity, um, he. You know, in the in the in the Silver Age of Heroes, he travels into space to to help, you know, solve some shit in space. Travels too close to a black hole, and when he returns, it's been like decades, and his son is old and doesn't doesn't you know he's he's given up hope of ever seeing his father again, and he's missed his son growing up. Um, But also, this this book began far further future, further in the future, in which his son is actually dying of cancer. And Mm -hmm. so this has been a quest for Dr. Starr to, I guess, help his son in the one way he can by not allowing him to die of cancer. Um, And in this, he discovers that he has more children than he thinks, but not in the way that you think. And uh, this is a great issue of a great series.
3: Agreed. Very, very good. Good job, Jeff
0: And I hope that uh, Max Fiamara is able to keep drawing like mini series that tie into black hammer because it's such a perfect fit when he draws Absolutely. all these like in- all these people in like intergalactic costumes all these different aliens that kind of it almost looks like a green lantern core it's so so much fun mm-hmm. great colors by dave stewart of course mm-hmm. too um other dark horse book was uh, also colored by dave stewart this week uh written by mike mignola with art by dave stanbeck of toss of course i'm talking about koshi the deathless from the pages of hellboy um telling like kind of like the life story of uh one time uh Hellboy enemy Koshi the Deathless as he recounts his life to Hellboy himself in Hell Um, this book is just a fucking treat just filled with so much like weird kind of horror lore and and just like real great tales and fables Hmm. and the way it's told is so morose but matter of fact um perfect while still being fairy tales vibes yep and uh we're, we're one issue away from the end but this has been like I think one of the biggest surprises that I've picked up in the last year, I think just in terms of like not expecting a, a Hellboy kind of spin-off to be as good, if not better than most of the Hellboy comics I've read. So yeah, highly recommended to anybody. Yeah. Cost you the death list. Even if you haven't read Hellboy, it's just really, really fun. Great law. Mm-hmm. Um, Jazz Maynard issue number uh, four from volume two came out this week. Did you forget we to We sold out one? of this as well. Holy shit. All the good comics are selling probably because of our, our fault. <laughs> um, we got... Um, the part two of Blood, Jazz and Tears um, by Roger and Rale, um in which um, Jazz Maynard is kind of on assignment in um, Reykjavik um, and uh, trying to take down a bunch of Nazis in there. It also kind of ties back into his how he became a, uh, a super spy criminal, mm-hmm. ma- ex- uh, cr- criminal mastermind extraordinaire. Cool. And um, then you have his kind of protege trying to like prove himself to him at all times and doing a pretty terrible job of it um, the art is brilliant you don't really see better action layouts in panels than what you get in a jazz art comic um, it's just absolutely tremendous and a real treat to read um, mm-hmm. I hope uh, I think every every volume is like six issues long and then you get this gorgeous trade so um, uh, you. I'll, I'll you this issue but yeah yeah the trade's the best um, did you read Long Lost this week?
3: No. Yeah. I've had a rough week, guys.
0: That's, I, I know, it's been, it's been a hell of a week. I'll make sure I put a few of these comics aside so you can catch up with them during the week. Uh, Long Lost, issue number six, written by Matthew Ehrman, with art by Lisa Stirl, came out this week through Scout Comics. This has been a somewhat of a, a favourite of ours since it mm-hmm. started, um, from two creators that we've never really read anything by in the past. From a publisher, I've never read anything from either, so this is a, a real, real surprise. But um, this uh, is kind of like a... Uh, like a slice of life horror book mm. um, in which we see the reunion of two estranged sisters um, who, uh, whose mother left them while they were kids. Uh, and we find out the reason that she left them was because of dark magic and witch reasons. Oh, uh, yeah. And in this, uh, the bulk of this issue is kind of uh, set during their past um, when they were children. Um, oh, cool. And then we catch up, we catch up with them um, in their current age as they visit their childhood home. Um, there are some proper creepy moments in this book uh, but you know the, the, the best thing about it is the dynamic between the two sisters, just very real feeling dialogue and of course beautiful art by um, Lisa Stirl um, I assume a trade is coming out soon um, and we'll definitely let you know when that comes out because this is absolutely a series that you should be reading, it's called Long 100%. Lost out through Scout absolutely. Comics, try and pick it up if you can so now I've got some Black Mask books Siobhan, you can yeah. do this Black Mask segment,
3: excellent Well I read issue two of Come Into Me, goodness, I feel horrible saying that, written by Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler, pencils and inks by Piotr Kowalski, Um, colours by Nico Guardia, letters by Ryan Ferrier, Um, and this is a sort of body horror, body swap, Um, life lesson, angel on my shoulder vibe, I think. So in the last issue, we saw this guy coming up with this new technology, which allows two people to inhabit the same body at the same time, and we can all learn about each other, and we can learn so much about people. Mm. It'll be like the new social media. You'll just be inside someone else's body. And he allows a woman to come into him, and then um, she dies in her body. Now she's stuck in his brain.
0: And cool. she's able to. She finds out in this issue that she's able to take over his body. Yes, um, in parts too. She's slowly <coughs> there is a lot improving a lot his love. life. There's a lot I love about this this yeah. book and those moments are what I love about it and while I keep reading but the way they portray this man is like there's a there's a like you know he hates his own body and mm-hmm. um he like accidentally lets her see a memory of him talking to a girl on the internet naked Yeah, I thought that was can kind go of all. sloppily done I thought that was kind of clunkily done but for the most part this series is really cool
3: Yeah absolutely I really like it I think it's very clever I I wish that um like Kowalski's covers are so unbelievable they're really gorgeous like if I was if I hated myself I would put that on a poster and put it on my wall and just <laughs>
0: skip
3: myself out all day but it's like so beautiful um and I wish he had as much time to spend on the interiors because I think there's a little bit of like it's not quite as detailed or it's a little bit rushed so it's not quite as stylized as I would like but it's such an interesting story and it's so sophisticatedly um done
0: yeah, I think that might be a case of the inks and colors, though, because his art on Sex, which is the book mm-hmm. that he did with Joe Casey, was mm-hmm. everything. Everything you're describing—that's what. Like, it's great. Like, okay. it's 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 very very stylized and, and and awesome. And whether this is because of you know he's not spending as much time on it, or maybe it's the the colors or in- oh, no, actually, no, he's penciled and inked by him, so I don't know. But yeah, you're right. It, it, it isn't as good as his work on Sex. I agree. Um, but I love this. I'm I'm on board with
3: this for the foreseeable future really and the cool. little essays in the back about sort of body horror and stuff like that are so interesting and so compelling um, the cover for the next really... one's so
0: so weird sorry the cover for the next one's so freaky too
3: it's a really freaky book if you don't like body horror book. probably steer clear but I, I love this
0: that weird growth on his stomach oh boy yeah Ooh, real creepy that's no good <laughs> horrible uh, what, was the, what was the last book you read this week
3: um, I read Breathless issue 2 also from Black Mask written by um, Pat Shand and Renzo Rodriguez. Uh, Renzo Rodriguez as the art writer is Pat Shand. Colours by Mara Jane Carpenter and letters by Jim Campbell. And this is um, a woman who works for a sort of cryptid investigation organization. Kills a monster or something and it's monster's dead and she breathes in something from its lungs and now she doesn't have asthma anymore but everyone's dead. Um, I like this
0: yeah I, I started reading it and I was like oh that's right this book and I just didn't read the rest of it but you enjoyed it
3: I did you know it's a lot like it's a, it's, there's a lot happens in this issue and you find out a lot about all of the characters um, but I like the voice that this has I think it's pretty interesting I think it like again it's a book that has something to say like it's all sort of about the medical industry and how much money it costs to stay alive in America And um, also there's giant fucking monsters everywhere it's great
0: Wowzers Cool Good fun I well, like it I do like that- it
3: I'll be reading those I think Black Mask Are doing some really cool Interesting stuff
0: Likewise And great They do, they do great printing as well I love the, the, the stock of their paper And the colours It's awesome Absolutely stuff. stuff hmm um, so that is all of our reviews Those are all of our reviews That you're going to hear this episode um, Thank you so much for listening And especially big thanks to all of you That came to Not just Free Comic Book Day at King's But also Free Comic Book Day in general Support your local stores Because they're a very vital part Of the comic book community And without them We'd be fucked, basically Absolutely So uh, support your stores Yeah, support uh, the you if you did go there, friends and, uh, if, you only, if you only got free stuff Go spend some money there Because they mm-hmm. deserve your money Absolutely For the love of goodness um, so uh, I guess that all, all we need to do now is, uh, is Say that uh, if you want to find us online You can find us at facebook.com Slash groups Slash Serious Issues Podcast Or on Twitter um, At Serious underscore underscore issues um, Individually at CBG Or at LevDog on Twitter and Instagram And uh, if you want to support the show Kick in a couple bucks that allows us to uh, You know dedicate more time to reading comics And talking about them for you Then mm-hmm. uh, all you need to do is Uh head to patreon.com slash Podcast, and uh, just $2 a month will allow you access to a whole bunch of bonus material that we recorded over the past year um, and we'll keep, we'll keep adding to throughout the year yeah yeah so thank you so much and uh, Thanks, guys. have a good time have a good time yeah. remember everybody the, ju- the juice is loose
3: oh god awful
0: okay cool see ya <laughs> bye